0: With Martin Besser. So I started watching this series on Showmax. It's called Booty Boor. It is based on uh, real life events, obviously. Um, he is in jail. The um, series opens basically with his admission. Um, so no spoiler alerts needed there. Uh, and it's horrific. Um, he has been interviewed by Professor Gerard Labiskagni, and um, we're going to ask him some more about this case and about the series. We are going to try not to be graphic, but certain parts of the conversation may not be for sensitive listeners uh, due to the subject matter. Prof, good morning. Welcome back. Good to see you.
1: Hi, Martin. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me.
0: Did you uh, you enjoy listening to my profiling on the way in?
1: (laughs) It was it was like a little Halloween child who dressed up in a profiler costume. (laughs) He's so so excited and enthusiastic. It was was lovely to listen to.
0: There we go. Thank, you for oh, your, right. thank you for your assessment
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: Just uh, in case you don't know about this Or you haven't seen anything This is just a, it's a, a first mark The concept of serial killer was at that stage Relatively unknown in our country
1: Suddenly we had a serial killer
0: We decided we have to bring this suspect in for questioning He indicated to me that he wants to confess yeah, so this series is based on the story about um, Stuart Butibur wilkin And this happened in Port Elizabeth. I must just tell you that watching this is quite haunting for me because I was in PE in the 90s at the time, uh, working in radio, amongst other things. And I obviously understand a lot of the references, the geography and stuff. Uh, Brett Atkins, mm-hmm. the, the, the series opens with him. He used to be a journalist at the Herald, uh, was also My producer On my morning show there You are kidding yeah. You are kidding And, oh. and he, he also Played a character On the show show's called Bester the Blonde And the other guy And he was the other guy <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Anyway So it, it, It's quite haunting Because I mm. I know the geography I know the places Like Vetu oh. Lake Mount uh, Road in Stasi And it is uh, And I block a flats But I I'm pretty Versies So, anyway, uh, incredibly gripping and and horrifying um, serial killer. At that stage, as you heard in the the promo there in the trailer, serial killers wasn't a thing in South Africa. Mm. Um, So this must have been something for the police. And if you listen to their interviews... For them it was They Mm, they must mm. have been nervous
1: Yeah look I mean We've always had them I mean I think back As the 30s Cornelius Berger in Johannesburg That was killing sex workers Um, So we've always had them But maybe Did we recognize it Did we detect Did we link the cases Um, I do think There just seemed to be This huge increase At least in our ability To identify them Around the the mid-90s Satole Norwood Strangler In the 89 to 92 So really the early Early to mid-90s Is when we suddenly had a lot of these cases Come into our attention mm. And it's kind of Maintained at that level Ever since then That we have probably At least 10 New murder series a year
0: You interviewed this guy mm. In jail
1: Yeah
0: uh, But I think it's only fair That we give you The lowdown on the story Right So yeah, that you please. can understand what, what we are dealing with here This guy uh, As a child um, Their parents came from I think it's KZN Moved to Port Elizabeth Am I right uh, And they were mm. dumped In a uh, uh, telephone a, a, a telephone booth Yes And then discovered there And then raised in the northern areas of of Port Elizabeth Fast forward um, He eventually
1: ended up killing how many people? Oh jeez, off the top of my head I think he admitted to about 12 And if I recall correctly I think they eventually went and con- got him convicted on oh, Again, now I'm talking off the top of my head uh, Seven or eight? Correctly? So he
0: confessed to 12, but they only convicted him on a 7 or 8. Yeah, so
1: there wasn't, because obviously they would then go and look for those additional cases Got and you. try and link them to what he was saying, yeah. and they, they couldn't find bodies for those cases that he mentioned, which the they, there could be various reasons the bodies didn't exist or you know, they were buried as paupers, and nobody realized, I don't know. It, uh, but so I think they eventually was about seven. And again, I'm talking in a correction off the top of my head.
0: And uh, the, the, the weird thing about this case is the, it's from children to adults.
1: Yeah. It was incredibly, you know, most South African serial murderers and across the world, they kind of stick to a certain victimology, mm. you know, yeah. adult female sex workers or this. And that's just part of that fantasy of why they're doing it. But yeah. he had such a wide range from, you know, street, boys street children who were boys to um you know adult sex workers to his own daughter to his ex girlfriend's son um and just i guess all the kinds of people he was angry with with you know for the children he was angry at god because he was abused horribly and god didn't look after him when he was a kid so he's going to show god and get revenge against god by doing what happened to him to some degree and then with the adult sex workers it was kind of his anger towards his previous adult relationships who mm. said the woman treated him badly and mm. in his words were you know we accused them of being sex workers mm. um so it was kind of like everybody that he was just angry with and then with his own child he kind of said well that was he, he started to realize someone was molesting her and he didn't want her to go through what he went through so he decided that, well the best option there is to actually just put her out of her misery that's what he says now whether that was, was the real say, reason yeah. no of course so. um, he tries
0: to ju- basically he tried or tries to justify mm. every single murder. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we have what they verbalized as their reason, but is that even maybe even for them that's just how they're trying to figure it out? We don't really know if that obviously is the reason.
0: Yeah, and and, and he confessed to all of this in the police office. Yeah. In the detectives' offices, they started interviewing him, and and I'm gonna, I don't want to spoil that part for you, but I get chills thinking about it the way he confessed it. Mm. And what he did in that moment yeah. is, ugh, it is just, it gives, honestly, and- it gives me. And that's having, tulles.
1: again, those really good, competent police. I think it was Marlene Berger and Shuri were from yes. the Child Protection Unit who first were looking for a missing person. Yes. Then realized there's something more concerning. Yeah. They then brought the Derek Norsworthy who was from the Murder and Robbery Unit. And Derek had been trained mm. in serial murder investigation by Robert Ressler, a very well-known profiler mm. from America who came out to help with the Satola case mm. and then came back to give training. Mm. So it was really a combination of detectives who, who had the right kind of mind for thinking a bit broader than what's in front of them bringing them to Derek in and he kind of got that to confess and then start to mention the other cases because they didn't know that because back this was pre-DNA so we weren't having cases linked by DNA and the victimology was so disparate that you you wouldn't have said these must be the work of one individual so really without that good interview um, and him telling them um, it would have been a very different story That was fantastic police work Yeah it was It
0: really really was So I don't, wanna, I don't want us to get too graphic mm. But to give you an idea So as Professor me- mentioned there You're talking about children Boys and girls mm. You're talking about adult sex workers mm-hmm. Even his own daughter mm-hmm. But the, 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 the nature of the crimes Included obviously pedophilia It included um, uh, 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 um, Necrophilia and a bit of cannibalism yeah. Cannibalism mm. Yeah uh, necrophilia, um, sadism, so, sadism, sadism because he wanted the victims to suffer. Oh
1: uh, yeah, so absolutely mm. gruesome, Yeah. Horrific, horrific stuff. Yeah, and what's interesting is so many people didn't, didn't know about. I mean, when I was doing a, a shorter documentary for an overseas. Um, documentary crew about two years ago we were in PE and every time we were at a restaurant the, way, the producer would say to the waitress have you ever heard a guy called Stuart Wilkins and, and they'd look at him like no yeah. and he would start to do that wherever we went and people didn't know about him so it's mm-hmm. kind of like we forget quite quickly so it's kind of like for me he was always the most fascinating serial murder we've ever had that's why I went to go interview him in 2006 many years after he'd been convicted okay and most people just you don't really he doesn't feature on people when you say to people name some south african serial murderers it's the he most was never, yes. he was yes. never yes. one of the yeah. common ones we all heard of before yeah. blah blah and he's the most fascinating. He is in jail in Bloemfontein So he's now, back then when I interviewed him. He was in the private prison that the Tabo Besta escaped from. Oh, he was in there and That's was yeah. <laughs> oh, and wow. uh, so it looks a lot nicer actually than you see on the documentary. Good when to I watch him, like, oh, we, we weren't in a cell, okay. But anyway. Oh. Um, so, um, but he's now in PE in a prison. Oh, really? Yeah, being considered for parole. So Professor Gerard de then
0: went and interviewed this man, uh, Stuart Butibur wilkin we'll chat to him some more about this interview and about this man and how he describes all these murders 12 murders 12 killings that he admitted to including his own daughter in the most heinous and horrific of ways what does he have to say for himself You'll hear next. Breakfast with Martin Bester. Driving you to work every weekday from 6 to 9 a.m. Our special guest is uh, Dr. Gerard. You'll also see him on the uh, Showmax series Booty Boor, which is a series about a serial killer in Port Elizabeth, then uh, Gberga who admitted to killing 12 people uh, from boys to girls, his own daughter, as well as adults, sex workers, and is uh, in jail right now. A number of years after he was convicted, uh, Prof. Gerard interviewed him. So this guy, and and, and the crimes were just, I mean, you know, monster proportions. You were talking here about necrophilia, sadism, pedophilia, um... And cannibalism. Mm. It's the most horrible of things. So, when you go into a jail and then you meet a guy like this, are you a bit nervous?
1: Yeah, know at this point, I mean, I'd, I'd obviously ready for my martyrs and doctorates research been interviewing serial murders who were convicted. So, that kind of was not something strange, the concept. New to you. By 2006, I'd been in the police for five years. I'd already worked on a whole bunch of serial murders and interviewed them at the time of arrest, which is of course okay. a bit different. Mm. So it was really kind of like what you saw on that TV show "Mindhunter," which was about the early days mm. of the yeah. FBI, and they decided, hey, we need to go speak to these guys to understand them. Mm. So I thought, well, this is a guy I' would really like to speak to, because he was put into prison before I joined the police, and that's how myself and Colonel Yander Langer decided, let's go start with him." And we went down there, and he was prepared to speak to us, and we spoke to him over two days. and it okay. was:
0: So yeah. how does that go? You sit down. And they come and sit in front of you? Yeah. Do you first make polite conversation? or
1: mm-hmm. chat No, look, we obviously just get straight to, this, look, this is who we are. We're in the police. We look at these types of cases that and are similar to yours. It. Yeah, I mean, of course, we get his consent. We explain why we want to interview him. He okay. said, that's fine. And, of course, we got consent to audio record it. Um, and we said, look, you can start wherever you'd like to start. And he kind of started, well, you know, if I recall correctly, he started about his upbringing and then went into the crime. So it was just... A very natural we just let him talk and we didn't really kind of interfere too much except when we just wanted some clarity on, on issues and it was really like a very kind of normal conversation except the topic was not normal
0: Do you look at a guy like that and think to yourself you, you cannot be sane of mind you, you must, mm. wh- so what, what, was his, what was he diagnosed
1: as? So during the trial or pre-trial, he was sent for psychiatric observation, which is very common in, in, in these types of cases where someone's done something weird. And that's really just aimed at determining, can he be put on trial now? Okay. And okay. at the time of the incident, that's the second part, was he sort of in control of his, you know, of his behavior, you know. Mm. Um, So that's very two specific things So you might have a diagnosis Like for example being a pedophile But that's not going to affect your ability to be put on trial And it doesn't affect your ability to make decisions During the time of your crime Because you still know it's wrong Which is why you try and cover it up and not that people find out you did it so it's not something that affects your ability to put on trial that might be very important at its sentencing because that is an aggravating factor so in this case he was found to be a psychopath so again that doesn't affect your ability to stand trial doesn't affect your ability to determine right for you because you know it's right and wrong as a psychopath you just don't care but when you
0: when you try justify it though do you know it's wrong does he say I know I was wrong but
1: no, I mean, because we all try and justify things when we do something wrong. Whether you've been caught out cheating on your own diet and you tell yourself, well, I'll just, you know, exercise twice mm. as hard tomorrow. Okay. We all try and justify. So, no, it, it's – so the things that would ex- excuse to some degree your ability to or prevent you from being put on trial would be things like, did the voices tell you to do it because you have okay. having schizophrenia? All right. Yeah. Um, in some very rare instances, incredibly overwhelming emotions. That's the sort of temporary insanity kind of thing if you watch American TV. Mm. We call it something different here. Which is a very fleeting thing. It's not a mental illness, but you, you were overwhelmed from being able to make decisions at that point in time. And mm. you did something you would not have normally done. That's an incredibly difficult yeah. defense that's almost never successful. But so typically we're looking at was someone psychotic? Or was someone so depressed that they wanted to kill themselves and their family? You mm. know, that kind of incredibly intense, severe depression or... Mm. Um, uh, You know, postpartum depression Baby yes. blues is what people often refer to it as
0: The reason I'm asking this is So when a person sits in front of you Who has murdered 12 people at least Including their own child And did all those horrible things Do they come across Differently To
1: Anybody else sitting
0: there
1: You know, I always say And I think I've said this in my books Because it's not normal It's not normal, true But for the rest of their lives They're doing all the things we all do so that's why having conversations with these people it, it's very normal because remember let's say he killed 12 people each one was an hour it's 12 hours of his life what's he doing the rest of the 99.999 recurring he's yeah. doing the things he we do badly yeah. he's doing them well he's going to the toilet he gets sick he gets angry mm. he gets happy he mm. has a relationship he gets a job that he has to go to mm. gets drunk on saturday night so there there's a lot more we have in common with these people actually than, than not so oh. we tend to we, we tend to only just see them in light of their crime Yeah, and
0: we've said this and I know, remember you said this before uh, often when we think of these the these serial killers the Gregory Dahmers uh, The Jeffrey Dahmers and the booty boos and stuff you expect to see someone. Yes, this is what I. this is what I'm fascinated
1: by If
0: if that person had to walk into the room that you would sense would immediately something yes. mm-hmm.
1: Would you would you be able to pick that? No, one? probably not to be honest with you. That's the that's the
0: that's that the the creepy is the part. part, yes. Because yeah. you don't know they're living next door they to you. They walk amongst us. Mm.
1: Did they just okay. give you a ride? Okay. That's why the people can't often believe when you arrest the suspect, no, you've got the wrong guy, it's not him. Can't oh, got a true, you he confess. always hear No, that. it's wrong, it's planted. It's like, yeah. okay.
0: And you also hear that, um, mm. he's such a nice person though. Yeah. They were. La- my kids used to go over and swim there and mm. you know all that kind he's of so stuff. so normal. So normal. And, and that's mm. actually what's captured in this documentary or well, in the series is the one detective was when she went to a house where he was... Was at you know, she found him there making um, food for the kids. He was cooking, came across as well. Mm. Actually, that's a that's being a good dad. Yeah, Imagine before sure. you start your day, there you are outside on the gas stove cooking mm. the pup and the potato skins, I think it was, etc. Uh, etc. Et and then the next thing you know, you. this oak is you know, mm. a, a cereal killer. We're going to continue chatting about this in a moment. Uh, see some questions coming in. We'll get to those as well. 084-850-0942 You're Just tuning in. Don't know if you've watched it. Don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's a Showmax series called Booty Boot. It's about a guy called Stuart uh, Wilkin uh, and uh, he is in jail as we speak as uh, convicted of killing at least, well he admitted to 12 people including his own daughter. Breakfast with Martin Messer. Six to nine weekdays. Cacaranda FM.